Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast, everybody. This is Bob Shoneman, and I have alongside me today Pete Robertson. What's up? And back in the house is Barry Rice. Hey, guys, it's so good to be back. Great to see you, hear you, and be a part of this. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day. <laughs> turkey Day, indeed. Or do nuts. you guys just do turkey, or do you ham? You do ham or prime rib, or what? Do you, what do you do? We, uh, without guilt, eat all day. <laughs> without, it's a guilt-free eating day. Yes, it zero is. calorie. Yeah, and we eat every piece of meat and sides and bread and dessert as we can oh my i heard i heard barry's gonna blow his house up though this year that's what i heard too he's, gonna, what I heard. he's gonna do the deep All fry. I, I make sure you get the youtube video because <laughs> forty-four thousand homes burned to the ground every thanksgiving because of you deep fry. Four thousand earlier that's 4400 <laughs> <laughs> did i say forty-four thousand? you did you oh, four thousand four hundred maybe across the world who knows right yeah. how many people do this oh have much. you seen those videos of people burning their house down with the fryers Oh, it's it's not good. insane. No, it's sad. It's it's like you you laugh, but you feel bad that you're laughing. One of those deals. But, but here's the good part. It's not Black <laughs> Friday yet, so they have not wrapped their gifts and bought their gifts. So yeah, the, so it's okay. The, the gifts didn't burn. Oh, so it's no, good. No, it's it's okay. all good there. No, it's not unless there are those people who are on top of it and have already bought them and wrapped them by the end of October. That's the truth. Too. Who would do that? Lots of people. <laughs> we know people. That's just, that's just not... No, that's I not wish right. my life could be put together like that. <laughs> but then you miss all the stress of the Christmas season. No kidding. But no. it makes it kind of fun. It but I mean, I've had fun. I've had deep fried once in our life, and it was really good. And you said you just had it Sunday. So it yeah. yeah, we uh, after church we had a, a, a picnic. We all gathered and uh, we 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 ate together. And uh, one of our guys, Jeremiah, shout out to Jeremiah. Fried a couple turkeys up for us, and it was amazing. So I, guess, so I guess what I'm saying is that it's okay if your house burns down because it's worth it. No, that's not what we're saying. Oh, I wasn't saying that? No, sir. No, but if it's that good, you'd take the risk because... I'm guessing yeah. the people that burn down their house don't get the opportunity to eat the chicken or the turkey or whatever but, it is. But I'm, I would guess that Barry can probably can speak life to this, but I, I would guess that there's a proper way to do this so your house does not burn down. Where, would you say that? Absolutely. You, first of all, it, you don't use a frozen turkey. Second of all, you measure your oil. And third of all, you don't put the turkey in with the fire lit. So stay far away from your home. Do it in the center of somewhere else. And uh, You know what, Barry? You should do a Facebook video, our, our YouTube video on Thursday, the proper way to do it. I mean, I'm nobody lost, will watch it. They I'm only want to watch the teeth. other ones. But. Yeah. <laughs> Have y'all ever had bubble teeth? I've seen it, yeah. Oh, I love bubble teeth. Bubba teeth. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Oh, if I could find some, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Bubba tea? Teeth. Teeth. Oh. teeth. They, they have this Play-Doh in it, and you stick it in your mouth, and it stays, and you can talk. Oh well, let me tell you something, son. And then he'll tell his instructions. Do the video like that. That'll oh, get a million that views. That would be funny. You got to do that. Have you ever seen the video about the the uh, the ninja, this guy that plays being a ninja, and he tells you how to how to do a ninja top and a, a Judy chop. <laughs> oh, no. yeah, I've seen him. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, he's it a funny so guy. Funny. He has a lot of videos. Oh, yeah, 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 I've seen You those. have got to do that video. <laughs> I'll, I'll record it. 
That would be amazing. Man, I'm so thankful for you guys. You guys make me laugh I would every have to time just we go do buy a, bi- uh, a set of bib overhauls just to do that, right? <laughs> Then well, you should gonna, probably wear that anyway. We're going to upload it onto our YouTube channel so all our Riot podcast yes. listeners Don't can, make promises you can't keep. <laughs> can have the full enjoyment of watching that. Oh, mercy. Would that be fun? Do it in your bare feet. <laughs> that way, when the when it balls over, it takes care of your toenails. You have overalls, no shirt. Yeah. Bubba tea. Yeah. <laughs> I got the... You got a straw hat that's got like three holes in it? Probably. Oh, Lord have mercy. Oh. Now, if we ever do this, that would be funny. Oh, we got to produce that. That would be hilarious. That would be funny. So where do we go from here, Bob? Riot podcast is taking a turn. (laughs) You know, that's part of what we do, though. I mean, I've heard our our people that listen love when we talk and laugh. I mean, that's just who we are. That's just our natural self. So so it's your opportunity to comment if you didn't like the... <laughs> the hilarious entertainment. <laughs> Let us right know. comment below. Shorten up the intro. No, I, we've had some no. people tell us, and some people said, "Don't stop with that." So Lino we, tells me he likes the intro. Yeah, he does. Did oh, you yeah. say Lino? Shout out for Lino. Yeah, giving him some 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 love. Perfect example. Lino wants his name out. So Lino, we Lino? love you. You are one of our most faithful listeners. Happy Thanksgiving, Lino. I, I think you said that you listen to every single episode, and we are so blessed by you. So. I think he takes notes. He listens know. and takes notes. Know. He's a funny guy himself. He is funny. Yeah. What, right. else? what else is going on? Um, a lot. So we're going to be hanging out Thanksgiving. Yeah. Watching football. I hope so. Detroit will lose. <laughs> no news flash there. <laughs> they haven't won a game this year. They did tie one, though. I know. I feel bad for that team. <laughs> they, they never win. They haven't won on Thanksgiving in a long time. My Dolphins have won three in a row. They, didn't, they haven't won on Thanksgiving since Joe Madden was doing it. Who? John Madden. There you go. I'm like, who's Joe, Joe Madden? Joe is John's brother. That's <laughs> his younger brother. I was thinking so of, there was this guy. No, no, I was thinking what? of Joe Buck. <laughs> oh, okay. And so I got, him, I, got him, I got him a little confused there. Do they? Really? They've got a losing streak on Thanksgiving? I don't know. I just made that up. But I, I mean, it sounds right. Unbelievable. Righteous yeah. invasion of truth. I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about Jesus now. We're talking about football. Oh, I can get in away all with that. things, Pete, in all things. You guys are fun to hang out with, though. What are we going to talk about today? Well, let's talk about Thanksgiving, and yeah. um, and then also before we get to that, let's get into some like questions. So we asked, we're going to do this more often now. So we asked our listeners to send in questions, and um, and then we wanted to just be able to answer those questions. And so we got some doozies here today. And we got more, we got more, if we don't get to your question now, we'll get to it in future episodes because um, I know there's some more that were came in and we're not going to answer them. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So we're going to talk about what it means to be thankful and Thanksgiving yeah. and um, and then also answer some pretty hard questions. Well, we could. why don't you open us up in prayer and then I'll read the, uh, yeah. uh, the opening statement. Let's do that. Lord, we're just so grateful, um, Lord, again, and thankful for you. Um, God, when we meditate on your word and your truth, Lord, it it just it brings us to um, just our knees and it just brings us to an attitude of gratitude. And Lord, all we can say is thank you. And uh, Lord, we are uh, so in love with you and so want to worship you with all of our heart and our soul and our minds. And, and Lord, we are grateful that we're able to do this today, to be able to talk about you and to be able to glorify you. And so I pray that every person that listens and, and is hearing this, Lord, I just pray that you would pierce and touch their hearts and, Lord, that you would just love on them. 
Lord, that you would just in, empower them with your Holy Spirit and that you would just embrace them and, and Lord, just, uh, just bless their lives. And so, Lord, we just thank you. We praise you. We love you, God, now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So our show title today is Hard Questions of the Bible and Thanksgiving. And uh, obviously, we had a lot of fun talking about what we're going to do. Um, the opening statement today says, Tony Evans, um, God says to give thanks in everything. A quote from Tony Evans. Pastor. That, Tony Pastor Evans. Tony. Yes. yes. Thank you. Yeah. God says to give thanks in everything. That doesn't mean you need to give thanks for everything. You don't need to give thanks for that bad day or for that bad relationship or being passed over at work for that for the promotion or even financial hardship. Whatever it is, you are not to give thanks for the difficulties, but rather in in the difficulties. Amen. That is a very important distinction and one I think we often miss. Give thanks in everything shows a heart of faith that God is bigger than the difficulties and that he can use them. If you approach him with the right heart, and spirit for your good and his glory. So I don't think I read that last part right. If you approach, okay, yeah, he can use them if you approach him with the right heart and spirit for your good and his glory. When awesome. I read over this, when I read over this the first time, I, 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 it hit me because I mean, I kind of make sense. When I mean, what Tony Evans is saying here is he's saying that, you know, why are you, why are you saying, oh God, I'm so thankful that you gave me this bad relationship. You're not necessarily saying that. God, I'm so thankful that I'm in this financial hardship. You know, that's, that's just kind of weird. And I don't think people completely understand that. But what he's saying is that, Lord, in the midst of this hardship, I, this financial hardship, I am so thankful that you are here. I'm so thankful that you have given me wisdom and knowledge. I'm so thankful that you are you are the peace in the midst of this storm. I'm so thankful that you are giving me wisdom and knowledge to be able to get through this and, and work through. That's what he was talking about. So I think people are like, you know, why am I going to be thankful if I'm, you know, this my husband just had an affair and, and he left me for this other lady. I'm not thankful for God for that. You know, I want to curse God, right, basically. And he's saying, no, that's not the reason why we're being thankful. We're thankful because God will strengthen you to get through what is to come because of this act of sin, because of this act of flesh that was against you. Yeah, Pete, this is connected to the promises of God. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, his spirit, he comes inside of us and he promises this, Hebrews 13, 5, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. <laughs> and so he brings purpose to the pain. He brings promise to the pain. And and when he is with us and we know that he is with us, if we know him, then we are not going through the struggles of our life alone. Yeah. And and when we go, here's what I've learned, Pete and, and Bob, when I go through a hard time and recognizing and seeking him through that hard time, there is a deeper level of intimacy yeah. I come out of that situation yeah. with. So that's what you need to be thankful yeah. about. Yeah. You're not alone and he's with yeah. you and he's growing you and maturing you yeah. and uh, bringing purpose to the pain. Yeah, I, 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 I examine my own life in those, in those situations, and I always ask myself, I don't, I don't know how to function outside of drawing near to Jesus and being thankful for how he gets me through it. It's like, I, you know, I think of, you know, how people do it. They go, to, they go to their friends, they go to the bottle, they go to drugs, they go to porn, they go to whatever it is to help numb the pain. And um, they drink themselves away or whatever that is. They create bad habits. And that's just, that might be good for a moment. You might have some pleasure in it for a moment. 
Um, but the, 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 the big picture in it is you're miserable again and again and again. It just repeats itself. So with Jesus, you know, I'm so thankful for him is because he sets me free from that once and for all. And, and I no longer have to repeat that cycle of pain. I'm finally able to just rest in him knowing that in the midst of my pain, he is getting me through it. And so, I mean, I can't, we can't, how, how do we not get more thankful than that? Yeah, I was just, you guys both touched on just not being alone. I mean, I, I remember thinking when I lost my mom a couple of years ago, I don't know how people that don't know Christ get through things like this, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm just thankful that he was there. And, and looking back on all, all those, I mean, those tough times, the loss of both my parents, um, you know, just other things that have happened in my life, I look back and you're like, man, how would I have gotten through that without him? And the answer is, I probably wouldn't have, right? And so... Very, very thankful that, well, I, that he walks with us. And that. another thing that we're really thankful for, and this is what we're going to get into next, is that we have listeners. And and truthfully, I mean, it's, I mean, we there's a, there's a quite a large group of you guys out there that listen, and we are very thankful to you. Amen. And um, we are just honored that you would listen to us three weird people, uh, <laughs> you know, talk about Jesus. But we're thankful, and then we're also thankful that you have hard questions that you want us to answer. And so we put it out to our listeners this last week. Um, to send in some. And so here we go. Let's go ahead and just work those, Bob, and, and let's yeah. get to the first question. Who's it from and, All right. and what do they ask? Let's do it. The first question is from Nina. Okay. According, Hi, Nina. Hi, Nina. According, <laughs> thank you for your question, too, by the way. According to Rick Warren, she says, we were all born for, for a purpose, exactly the way we were supposed to be born. What about those children who were born severely deformed and or handicapped or missing a part of their brain and that sort of thing? Is that really the way God wanted them to be born? I know God can take a bad thing and make some good come out of it, but was that really his plan with them to be born like that? Or would you say it's just because we live in a fallen world that things have become corrupted, even our genetics? Yeah, um, I guess I'll tackle that first. I kind of put together a, a, a small outline of that, and, and we can kind of just break through that. So the question really is, why does God allow people to be born with handicaps or disabilities? And that's a great question. And actually, it's a, it's a fairly, you know, it's a harder question, because if you understand the Bible in context, when when one of the, the ladies came to Jesus and asked, was he born blind because of sin? And Jesus immediately says, no, he wasn't born because of sin. He was just he was just born with that handicap. And so it's like, well, why would a good God, you know, allow him to be blind, you know, and what's, what was, what's the greater purpose in that? Or why would a God allow that? So, so the answer partially is yes, because we are in a fallen world. Yes, there is sin and, and there is consequences to our sin. There is going to be handicaps. There's going to be sicknesses. There's going to be things that happen because of sin. It's directly, it's a direct relationship. And there's going to be other things that God allows that is not of sin. So, but, but here's, here's the truth of the matter. Truth of the matter is we're all broken in some way. Let's just, let's just accept that we're all broken somehow. Each one of us has some sort of handicap in our lives. I don't know what it is, you know, in some of our lives, but I know what mine are. And so each one of us has that, but Sin brought with it sickness and perfection and disease. Remember what Romans 5.12 said? He says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way, death came to all people because all of sin. So we can say that with certainty, that some of the handicaps, some of the problems and the disabilities have happened because of sin. One reason God allows people to be disabled or handicapped is that such conditions are the natural result of mankind's rebellion against God. 
This is not to say that every disability is the direct result of personal sin, but generally speaking, the existence of handicaps and disabilities can be traced back to the existence of sin. So understand that in context. Any thoughts on that, that part of it? Yeah. You know, what about people who are addicted to drugs that get you know, pregnant and they're on crack cocaine and, and it really affects the baby in those circumstances. That is a result of sin, right? Yeah. And, uh, but you know, I know you're going to bring this up probably, uh, Pete, but man, when David spoke in Psalm 139, how God has formed us and how God has made us and, and that we're fearfully and wonderfully made and that, um, his works are wonderful and, and that he wove us together and he knit us in our mother's womb. God is actively involved yeah. and, and he doesn't make mistakes. No. I, and I, I want to ask the question, who, who is to say, who is the perfect person? Yeah. You know, we, we don't have the knowledge of God and, yeah. and, you know, uh, I think some of the down syndrome kids have the most beautiful smiles there are, mm. you know, and I see joy in their life that I don't know, you mm. know, but you know, we are not built for this earth. Mm. And, and I, I am from, I am, I remind myself uh, on a daily basis that, you know, when there's ailments and when there's sickness and, and I, I think someone could ask a similar question with age, right? Yeah. I mean, we're we're all getting older my wife just turned uh <laughs> and uh you know we're getting older and and age is a is a tough thing to swallow it's a tough pill to swallow but god is good and and god god loves us and and every day that i grow older i realize that i wasn't created for this world mm-hmm. and that when when a kid who is is uh deformed or has struggles when they come to know Jesus, they're going to get a perfect body mm-hmm. and they're going to, that, that is redeemed mm-hmm. through, through the blood of Christ in, in the end. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you touched on it. So, you know, another basic reason that God allows some people to be disabled or handicapped is that God can be glorified, glorify himself through it. So as you were just talking about the down syndrome babies and so forth, I mean, Think about that on all ends. The mom and dad are blessed. I mean, yes, it's a lot of work, and sometimes the kids are with them for their whole life. But there's, I mean, I've I've heard testimony from parents that have had Down syndrome and how it's just absolutely changed their life for yeah, the good. Yeah. And so God has, man, I just got goosebumps from that. I mean, God, God can use whatever the situation is to glorify himself through that. It's, it's the man that makes it bad. So like if you have a disability, you can become bitter. You can become upset. You can become angry. Um, you could be miserable. You can choose to be that way with the disabilities, or you can choose to still love. You can still choose to to bring forth light. And so God can use that disabilities. What it, what it, what did Paul says is when I'm weak, you are then made strong. You know, Paul had a disability with his eyes. And so Paul, you know, had to deal with that, his whole, his whole ministry. But God, he says, when I am weak, that is when I no longer live, but now Christ can now live through me. And so I think people that have disabilities, I mean, they can be like a mighty warrior for Jesus. I think God can empower them and strengthen them in the midst of that disability. So who are we to say that God didn't allow that, that blind man to be blind? Who are we to say that God didn't allow it so that he can be, that, that whole scene could happen so that so many people can come to know who he is because of that. I don't know. 
He's the author and perfecter of our lives. He's the beginning and the end. Only he knows. And so that could be one reason. Another reason why God allows disability and handicaps is we must learn to trust in him rather than ourselves. I mean, think about it. So if someone has disabilities or they can't do certain things, well, then you need help. And there might not be help, but there's a, there's a, there's a God in heaven that can help you. Mm. Amen. He, he, can, he can send his angels to be there. He can send people. He can help get you through whatever the disabilities that you're going through. So, you know, again, God works all things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So if you are called to be a servant of the Most High and you have a disability or there's something here, don't look at it as a cursing. Look at it as a blessing. Because God can work in the midst of that. God is God will get you through it. Um, let's see. Another reason why God allows some people to disability or handicapped is that in his overreaching plan, he has chosen the weak things of the world for a special purpose. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And so I've uh, thinking of uh, uh, Corey Tim Boone. Johnny Erickson Tata. Johnny Erickson Tata is in a wheelchair. And, and if you guys know anything, look her up. If you don't know who Johnny Erickson Tata is, look her up on Google. Her ministry is so powerful. And the women, I mean, sometimes she, she says, sometimes she doesn't want to live or she's like, Lord, I'm in so much pain and I'm sitting here. But she knows that she has a purpose to bring light to the world. And I was just thinking, what's the guy's name that doesn't have the arms and the legs? I always forget his name. Uh, yeah, Nick Vujicic. I mean, think about his testimony. He's born with disability. Yeah, unbelievable. But it's it's a, it's your choice. It's not. It's listen. If you're born with it, or you don't blame the world. Don't blame your parents. Don't don't give up. You have you have an opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit in your weakness to shine bright. You have an opportunity to to thrive in the midst of that. You know, so it's, it's, this is not, if you're listening and you're not a disabled person and you're like, well, if God is such a good God, why would he allow that? Listen, we're so finite in our understanding. Who are we to even ask that question? That's almost like playing God just asking that question. Yeah. God knows. Right. And God's a good God. And God loves each and every person on this planet equally. And he desires to bless and to, and to have relationship and intimacy with each person equally. And so if you have that disability, I envy you. I, I mean, we shouldn't say that, but I mean, think about it. Because in the midst of your weakness, you were made strong. And Paul thrived because he had to rely upon the Holy Spirit to get him through it. You know, we, we experienced an incredible story of that through our ministry. And her name is Jim Barrick. And her whole family has a, a ministry called Hope Out Loud. And... It started the night that uh, a drunk driver hit them and mm. their daughter and their whole family got injured really bad, life flighted and all this. And But Jen had a brain injury and she couldn't remember anything. And she's a miracle. And, and how she speaks into people's lives and how she praises God. And their ministry is a huge mm. ministry and God is using them mm. greatly. And that's a... What was that, the name of it? Hope Out Loud, the Barracks. Mm. Jen, Andy, Linda, Barrick, and uh, the great people. And uh, if you if you need someone to come to your church to speak and, and really 
uh, bring joy to people and, and really see a redemptive story of how God can take someone like that that has been brain injured and use it for his glory. It's, it's amazing. It really is. It's a great story. I think the bottom line in all this is that our disability is temporary. Yeah. Because one day we will have a new body and we will live with Jesus for all eternity where there will be no more pain, no more suffering. And so as a, as a follower of Christ, regardless of where you're at, we have hope. Amen. We know that for certain. We're why do we, why we're do we want deformed. to focus on the temporal? We, we always seem to do that as humans, right? We want, to, we want to focus on the temporary body, the 80 years that we're going to be here, and, and we forget about our eternal soul. God is so good. Man. I was just going to say, man, sin deforms all of us. Yeah. It really does. And we've all fallen, and we're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Right. Amen. Awesome. All right. Well, there was a part two to um, to some of us are more deformed than others. To to Nina's (laughs) question, Um, that same question applies to gay people who, from the very beginning, even when they were little children, had those tendencies as they grew. Were never attracted to. They were never attracted to the opposite sex. Were they really supposed to be born that way? Is was that the plan? Or was that the plan? Barry, you want to talk about that? You want me to hit it? Yeah, I I can speak to this. You know. When when God set a a process and a plan, uh, when when He looked at Adam and saw that Adam was not complete, and that he there was no one uh, that Adam was alone, and that there was no there no one there to complete him, God made a huge statement to us when with what He provided. He did not provide a man. He didn't provide an animal. He provided woman. And that set the standard for us. And, you know, I I personally, I do not believe that anyone's created uh, gay. Uh, I believe that there's, you know, I, I think there can be tendencies, I think. But I think it is a part of the sin nature that we are not desiring what God's best is for us. And so I, um, you know, whenever there's those type of situations in the Bible, God condemns it, even to the point that Sodom and Gomorrah was, you know, destroyed. Uh, But anytime it was always associated with pagan worship and it was always a part of, it was always looked at as sin and that judgment is coming because of that. And, you know, um, I, 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 I love people who, who are confused on that. I love people who struggle with that. And, and we do not judge them. We do not treat them harshly. We do not call them, you know, names and, and all that. But, but I don't believe that we can blame God for that. I don't think it's right to blame God. I think it's, it's our society and it's, it's given into sin. I, I think all sex, all lust outside of God's design is sin so that's where i'm coming from on that question so i i I look at it this way i said you know i i believe that there's there's men that are born with a sometimes a feminine uh mentality and i believe that there's women that are born more of a masculine i believe that there's there's men and women that that are born that have attraction to the same sex i believe that's natural to some people i think that's just something that happens to people but I think that they also have to work out their salvation in the midst of that. And, and what, what do I mean by that is I believe that there's, uh, God says that we are all part of the body of Christ and we all have our, 
um, our place within the body of Christ. And God knows what your tendencies are. He knows what your struggles are. He knows where that is. And when you work out your salvation, meaning you work through knowing that tendency, you work through that, but you allow the Holy Spirit then to transform you by the renewing of your mind, that you become more like him, that you still use those, those, that sense, that things for his glory. And that you, you, you align yourself properly with how the Holy Spirit is going to lead you. And when you read the Bible in context, as, as Barry was just sharing, is, is if you look at it in context, God always frowned upon same-sex um, uh, relationships. He just, it, it wasn't the very best. Does that mean that God doesn't love you? No. If you're in a same-sex relationship, God loves you, period. And, and he just desires to, to, to love on you, have a relationship with you, just get to know him. And, and I think that as you get to know him, you are being transformed and that you become more like him. And as you become more like him, you start thinking like he does. You start working out your salvation. You start doing things that he did. But I, I believe that God has created us. I don't know. I'm with Barry on that. I don't believe that we are created either gay or non-gay. I don't believe any of that. I just believe that we are created with different tendencies. Yes, I believe that some of us are attracted to same-sex people. I, I don't understand it. Um, because it doesn't relate to me, but I believe that some people it can, but God will still use that for his glory. You just have to surrender that to him and, and, and work through that. So thoughts? Well, well Pete, you know, uh, amongst different people, we don't struggle with the same things, you know, you know, I, I struggle with, uh, the, the lust of the eyes. I, I struggle with where I look and, and how I look at people and, and so forth. And But somebody else struggles with money, you know. Yeah. Somebody else struggles with gambling. Yeah. We all have different functions that we struggle with. Yeah. And, and I, we can't blame God when we have struggles. It's what we do with those struggles and yeah. how we bring our flesh underneath the authority of God. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it just in context, I mean, people will take this out of context. People will try to read into what the text is actually saying, and and they'll put their interpret. I've heard it, I've read it, I've studied it, you know, and and we're, I'm not going to argue with it. I'm not gonna, we're not going to get into that in more deeper. But I think the the simple truth, the way that we see it, is in context. Um, we just pretty much covered that. <laughs> That's where we're gonna stay with it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna emphasize one 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 Go thing before it. we move on, and that and you touched on it, Pete, a little bit. Um, God's not mad at you. No, you know, in fact, God's crazy about you. That's it, and uh, so much so that he he sent his son to die for you. So it, regardless of your sin situation, you don't have to stop God being gay in a gay you. relationship to come to him. He loves you so much, you can just come to him. Yeah, no matter where you're at or anything else. It like Barry matter. was saying, it yeah. doesn't matter what your sin is. Just yeah. Come to the throne, That's you know, it. come to the cross. So, That's it. Um, yeah, if we had to get right before we could come, nobody, there no. would be nobody there, no. right? And we can't do it yeah. by ourselves. All right, awesome. All right, next one. Um, we have a question here from um, Mr. Lino. From again. Lino himself. Yeah. How yeah. about that? The Jesus, infamous. This is, this is a good question, too. Yeah. I, 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 um, this got me thinking. Jesus wasn't accepted by his own people as Messiah. Why, if they, meaning the Jews, rejected him, do they no longer sacrifice animals like in the Old Testament today for forgiveness of their sins? Well, you answered it in our prep, so what was the answer? Well, the, the answer is I, I, they did continue to do sacrifices up until the year 70 AD. And what happened in that um, year? Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple was destroyed. Yeah. yeah. 
So then after that, they reverted back to an old way. Remember when the temple was destroyed uh, with the Babylonians? And so they had to figure out how to do worship uh, back then. And so they didn't have the temple to do sacrifices. They were living in Babylonian. And then they were, remember, with uh, they had to go back into Israel to rebuild the temple. And Nehemiah, the rebuilder, right? Right. And so then that's when they started being able to do the sacrifices again. But there was a 70-year period where they didn't do that. And so that's kind of what's happening today. But the rule, the the rules for sacrifice in Judaism are very ancient and set forth primary in the book of Leviticus. The first seven chapters, in fact, are almost instructions manual for how to for each of them to do the sacrifices. So because the temple is no longer there, that rule in Leviticus is no longer applicable because they don't have a temple to actually do it. So that that is the primary reason. So what they're doing today is that they replaced it with prayer and sacrifice. Um, and they also replaced the temple with the local synagogues. Um, and so if you go to Israel today, you see some of the, the, you know, they'll be praying, they'll be doing, you know, certain things and they have their prayers around and that's, that's what they do to repent. That's what they do to, instead of sacrifice, that's how they go ahead and, in in um, you know, get cleansed or from that. And, 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 and then, um, we, so, but as Christians, we believe in the sacrificial death of Jesus permanently abolished animal sacrifices. So we believe that the reason why it stopped is because Jesus entered into the church era and he was the sacrificial lamb once and for all. And so we no longer have to sacrifice because he took away uh, our sins by his blood. Um, and so that's, that's kind of where we see that bear. Yeah, I would just draw attention to the veil of the temple where there was only a priest with a rope tied around his ankle could go once a year. And, and, and then that veil that separated the outer court and the Holy of Holies was torn from the top to the bottom when Jesus was crucified and died. And now we're able to enter into the Holy of Holies, each one of us, and because of the ultimate high priest of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and him giving his blood and sacrifice for us. But, you know, um, pray for the nation of Israel and pray for those who, who don't know Jesus Christ yeah. and uh, pray that they would see that the sacrifice has been given and that Jesus is the Messiah Lino. Uh, appreciate you bringing this question, man. This is a, this is a great question. And, 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 uh, it's really good to clarify. They, 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 uh, no longer sacrifice because the temple has not been rebuilt. Uh, I believe they are preparing though to, to do sacrifices yeah. again when the temple is being rebuilt. So there's a time that they're expecting the temple to be rebuilt and that they they have everyone trained and ready to go when that happens. Yeah, you can go on to YouTube, you know, if you're listening to this and you can and you can type up the future temple, Jewish temple, and then there's 3D images and models and actual videos that will show um, they already have it laid out and planned and ready to go. So they want to start doing this again. You know, I was asked one time by, well, is there sacrifice still going on? Yes, the Muslims still do. Traditional Muslims still do offer sacrifices. It's called the Feast of Sacrifice. It comes two months and 10 days after the end of Ramadan. The ritual sacrifice is usually a sheep or a goat, although a cam- cow or a camel will do. Uh, it's meant it's eaten at a feast, and there's a number of um, rules and procedures that they do, but it's to celebrate the honor of Abraham, the spiritual father of Muslims, um, because they believe that um, he sacrificed his son. 
uh, for that. The Jews believed, believed that Isaac was sacrificed, and that's where the line, lineage comes through Abraham. Right. But they believed that it was Ishmael was the sacrifice, and that's where. Remember, he blessed both, both brothers. He blessed them both to be fathers of many nations. And so you look at the Muslims today, and they have, a, they have billions of people in the same thing with the Jews. And so that's where that comes from. All so right. that's the split. Both have Abraham as their father. Huh? And they do a sacrifice for Abraham. Wow. Yeah, that's one of the bridges that you can use to talk with Muslims. And so you can use that whole scripture. All right, what's the next question? Well, Lino has a second question. He does? You want to give Lino two? Yeah, uh, we'll give Lino two. All right, go for it. There was a recent time that I had a coworker who I didn't get along with for reasons I've learned, I've never learned nor will learn because I don't work there anymore. She was always a, She was always very mean and unpleasant. Someone that I found to be generally hard to be around because of her condescending attitude. Is there anyone in your life or that you deal with on a regular basis, past or present, please no names, that <laughs> thanks, Lena. You could be here almost, all day. <laughs> that almost makes you forget that you're a Christian, and if so, how do you deal with them? Lena, do you mean like outside of my podcast uh, friends? <laughs> all right, Barry, what do you think of that? You know, I have several things to say about that. You know, um, the more you draw a line and you try to live a holy life, your life convicts others. Mm-hmm. And and if you don't have Jesus Christ and if you are not walking with him, you don't know how to handle that conviction. And when there are people in this world that have been abused and are just mad at the world and just uh, very miserable themselves, they don't want anybody to be happy around them. They don't want anybody to be filled with the gifts of the Spirit. They don't want anyone having joy. And so they make it their vendetta to to attack you and to attack those. And, you know, uh, you know that's, that's tough, man, because it does put you in the flesh. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's learning to deal with the flesh. It's a part of maturing as a Christian because... In, in my flesh, there is no good thing, right? I mean, that's what the word says. And, and when I sense that I'm getting angry and defensive and I want to put people in their place and I want to body slam them and I want to, yeah, there's times I do. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, you know, in my past, there was truth. opportunities to be very physical and, and to take things in your own hands. And, and I'm tempted sometimes, you know, when someone yells at me on the road or I'm told that I'm number one, but not with the right finger. And, (laughs) you know, all those things, it it does get you in the flesh, but here's what we got to do. We got to, we got to say, no, I'm not going to act like the world. I got to push that old man down. And I say, God, how do you want me to deal with this? And, and when, when I, when I allow the spirit of God to speak to me on behalf of these people, I, I remind myself I don't go home. I don't go home to where they live. I I have not walked in their shoes, and a lot of times I've mm, found that they've been abused, and that they are stuck and they are hurt and they are broken people, and you know, speaking life goes so much so far and loving the unlovables and loving the the people that aren't natural for you to love is an act of worship for god when you think i'm gonna i'm gonna try to get along with this person i'm gonna just love them i'm not i'm not gonna react and defend myself and i'm not gonna be hateful and i'm gonna just 
love them, that pleases God because you're choosing God over your flesh. That's an act of worship that honors the Lord. And I, you may not reach this person, Lino, but who you will reach is everyone that's watching. That's it. And that testimony is powerful. Mm. Yeah, Ephesians 6 applies to this, Lino. It's like, you know, you need to put on the full armor of God. Every day we are battling against a spiritual battle. It's There's... There's everybody out there to get you down. I mean, it, the world is is going to bring its hate. It's going to bring its negativity. It's going to bring everything. And if we put on our full, our full armor of God and we spend time with Jesus and we get built up in his word, we get built up in worship through him, that, that we are now able to go into the darkness and to bring light, as Barry was saying. We're now able to speak life to somebody that doesn't deserve the life because they are just giving hate. And, um, and that when, when you put the forearm of God on and you spend time with Jesus, you radiate light as Barry was saying, and that light then will then transform or be it. Trust me, when you go in with love, it, uh, you know, it turns away wrath. When you go in with gentleness, it turns away a, and I've tested this many times. Someone's really hot at me or whatever. And I come in with a really soft, kind voice. It changes people. And, um, and so that's it. Yeah. But if you're not built up, you will be depressed and you will be defeated by it. I guarantee it. If you're around that negativity all day long and it's hammering you and you're not putting yourself in a position to bring light, then you are going to lose eventually. You have to. That's why it says daily we pick up our cross and follow Jesus. You have heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say love your enemies. Pray those who persecute you. And that way you will be acting as a um, true children, child of God from Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to the evil and the good. So, yeah, that was really good. Where is that found? Matthew 5.43, our producer just gave that verse to me. And so I read that to you. Outstanding. That was good. Great questions, Lino. All right. All right. We got a question from Fred. Fred. This Hi, is, Fred. Hi, Welcome. Fred. Yeah. Thanks for your question. Since God took his anointing off of King Saul and gave it to King David, does that mean King Saul is not in heaven? That's a good question. And you you have to look at the Bible in context, but 1 Samuel 28, 19 says, the Lord will deliver both Israel and you into the hands of the Philistines. So this is... This is Saul going to the seance person, and they're and he's raising back up Samuel, and and Samuel is talking to him. You remember the seance? Samuel's talking to him. So Samuel said, "The Lord will deliver both Israel and you into the hands of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also give the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines." So you can look at this two ways: either he was he was going to be with him in the holding tank abraham's bosom right so there was a holding tank before jesus was able to go and set the captives free and bring them up or he was going to be with them in the in the hell chamber you know in the in the gnashing of teeth so you can look at it either way um he was anointed at one point he was chosen by god he was blessed by god god then said he took his anointing away and he gave it to david so if you're that, you know, once saved, always saved person, you know, then you would say that he, he's, he's in heaven. If you're that, no, you can lose your salvation, then you might be able to be in that camp of saying that, no, maybe he's not. I don't know. All I can say is this is the context of what the Bible says, Barry. Yeah, my, my answer is, is this. The anointing came to be a leader. It wasn't an, an anointing. Uh, what, what about everybody else that doesn't have anointing? Because in the Old Testament, people weren't 
uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. They weren't uh, constantly. What I want to say is they weren't constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would show up and and do something miraculous through them and then kind of leave. We have on this side of the cross, we as believers, we have the Holy Spirit in us constantly. But but what about everybody else that wasn't anointed king? Are they all going to hell? No, no, that's not the case. So the the idea of being anointing, anointed and having the anointing as the king did not uh, qualify you to go to heaven. It's it's the relationship with God. And, and I would say, you know, when he lost his anointing, he lost his ability to lead, not his ability to know God. All right. One last question. All right. Um, can women. Oh, this is from Jeanette. Hi, Jeanette. So, hi, Jeanette. Thanks for your question. Welcome to the show. Can women be pastors? Short and sweet. Um, I mean, the question is short and sweet. The, oh. answer, the answer is not short and sweet. Or it can be. That's that's your call. Barry, you want to tackle that first? I'd love to. All right, go for it. You know, uh, I I really appreciate what women bring to the church. Amen. And uh, the church is the body of Christ, and it would not be all that God wanted the church to be without the leadership of female pastors. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for, and I believe it's a biblical premise that, that, um, when, when you use the word pastor, you're using the word shepherd or overseer, or, you know, I, I believe in the sense of, of the word pastor being a shepherd, that a woman has the same calling as man. Here's where I want to uh, qualify my answer. I believe that the leader over a congregation needs to be a man. And I believe that all positions in the church can pretty much be led by a woman except the senior pastor or the the directors of men's ministry. I, I think the way that we have seen God's organize the family in that the the male figure is the head of the family. The same thing is within the church. Yeah. And I believe that's the way God has set it up. And I believe that's the way God wants it. But please do not he- hear my heart saying that there is a, a lower service or there's a, yeah. a less effectiveness or a a less calling because I do not believe that whatsoever. I believe that my wife has a calling that's equal to mine. I believe that, you know, women have calling it equal to men, but the places that we serve, there's specific places. I, I don't believe that God puts a lady over top of a man. I just don't believe that. I just, I, I, I've seen that cause a lot of rebellion and, and, uh, but you know, um, how, how would you answer that? Yeah, I, I with you a hundred percent and, and, you know, I've, I learn a lot from women pastors. Um, I just think of Priscilla Schreier and, you know, many ladies out there have probably heard him and listened to her and she's Beth just, Moore. yeah, Beth Moore, she just blesses me. I mean, just speaks into my life and I'm, I can hear, you know, God through her. I, I think it goes back to, you know, first Timothy two, 13 through 14, where it says, where Paul said to Timothy he says, listen, for Adam was formed first, then Eve and Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But it's, it, that's not the, the, the main focus. It was, it was because God created man 
And then God created women as his helper. God created, there was a proper order. And Bob, you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, talking about the family, that there's, if you want chaos in your family, then you're going to be out of order. You know, the woman is going to be taking the lead, the wife's going to be taking the lead, and the man's going to be following it. But that's not how God blessed, blessed that marriage. That's not how God blessed that family. The man needs to step up spiritually. The man needs to be the one that that is hearing and listening to God and making sure that he's offering his bride before the before the throne before God holy and blameless you know as it says in the word it's the same thing within the church it's God has created a a proper role for each and every one of us and and um, and I I mean in context I don't know how else to see that it, it that's just how it is in context we didn't write the Bible God wrote the Bible God God is the the, the perfecter of everything he knows the very best and so that's how we interpret it. That's how we understand it. But it doesn't mean that a woman, it's like there's some, um, you know, husbands and wife teams out there where the, they're pastoring together and they're both teaching on Sunday mornings and so forth. There's no problem with that. Praise the Lord. You know, you know, God uses you both differently and that's awesome. You know, it's just in context. Yes, women can be pastors, but according to how we understand and interpret the scripture, um, they are not to be senior pastors um, or oversee of the whole body of Christ. And that's just because God created them to be helpers or come alongside of, you know, God and man. So, Bob, your thoughts? Just, yeah, I'll be quick. Uh, first of all, I just want to say I'm just thankful for women who have stepped up. In, and I think a big problem in our, our churches, and at least at least here in America and in, in our families, is that men have just not taken their responsibility as spiritual leaders and women have stepped up and taking positions that they weren't even called to take you know they they're filling a role or filling a void because men have not done Man, what they're supposed to be doing good point um so i'm i'm grateful for them i'm thankful for them um but i i think in a lot of a lot of positions in a lot of places it's happened because there's just been a void and they're like somebody's got to fill this i'll do it yeah. you know even though that may not have been their role so that's that's on us guys that's not that's not on these women these these women were bold and were stepping up um that was so, our last question. Yeah, yeah so now now let's bookend it. So we had the first part. We talked about thankfulness. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so it is Thanksgiving show. So like the end part. So here I have a statement from Rick Warren. It says, in happy moments, praise God. In difficult moments, seek God. In quiet moments, worship God. In painful moments, trust God. And in every moment, thank God. Mm. That kind of puts it puts it in perspective, right? Anything else on thankfulness and Thanksgiving? Any verses or anything that pops in your head? Yeah, I want I want to uh, bring uh, just a remembrance of what I I preached this Sunday. It just really spoke to me in Luke seventeen. It talks about the healing of the lepers and that all ten lepers that came to Jesus were healed. And you know the 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 crazy thing is that only one came back and th- thanked him. And I, I just want to encourage you to be the one, yeah. be the one that thanks God this week. And I, I really do challenge your heart. If, if you're having a meal with family, uh, not only be thankful for your freedom in America and, and freedom where you live and, and, and your provisions, but thank God for what he's done in your life and, and verbalize that because one of the things that I spoke on Sunday that you know, uh, you got to give it. That's what Thanksgiving's about. It's about giving thanks. If you think it, it's not given. Yeah. 
Mm. You know, if you don't say it, it's not received. Mm. And and just do it. Say you're thankful, and 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 communicate it, especially to your spouse, especially to your parents, and and let people know that you are grateful for them, because a lack of verbalizing gratitude is ingratitude. Yeah, it's taken that way. So. Be the one that comes back and and thanks God for the healing that he's given you. Don't just go live your life Mm. knowing that you're going to heaven and not worship him on a daily basis with thankfulness. Yeah, I just, I I told this story um, to my wife the other day. We were reading through, I believe it was 1 Peter. And I just had this vision and I said, the vision, I says, honey, just imagine, this is how God looks at us. I said, imagine I'm sitting here and then you walk in from the door and you come in, you're all dirty and, um, and you had a, you know, kind of a rough day, you were, you were sinning, you maybe had a little bit of adultery, you did a little bit of the things or whatever, your mind, and you said things that weren't worth and you sat down. And, and if I was like God, and it, the way I see it is that he comes over to me in my dirty state, and then he takes a water and he washes me f- clean, and then he just hugs me and he loves me, and then he just starts speaking life into me and he just starts sharing his truth to me. And, and I know inside of me that I'm dirty. I, I know it because I just feel it. And I know that I've did things that I shouldn't have done that day, but he's just still loving me. He's never once bringing up my sin. He's never once bringing up anything else. And all he's doing is just his pouring his spirit in me. In that very moment, I become broken and I become changed. And I, and I just look at him and say, why are you doing this? And, and you just fall in love with him. And, and just now imagine that happening every single day of your life. Now imagine that happening every single day and how you, in that moment, how, how could you not be thankful to him? How could you not just want to praise him and just worship him? Because that's, that truly is it. Because when you see yourself in the light of Christ, we're dirty. You know, as Isaiah 6, he puts it so perfectly for us. He just says, woe is me. Woe is me. My lips are unclean. He saw himself in the light of Christ and his love is so amazing. It's so good. And so just, just be thankful. You know, Diedrich Bonhoeffer said that it is only with gratitude that life becomes rich. You want to have a rich life, just be thankful for everything. And then you will. Barry, speak to people that don't know who the Lord is and that might want to know who he is and so on. Well, guys, the the greatest thing that I'm thankful for is that when I was lost and I didn't know him and I, I thought I was a good person and, and I thought I measured up better than most people that, that he revealed to me that I didn't measure up and that he is the only way through, through what he provided in Jesus, that Jesus is the only way we can measure up. You, you realize today that Jesus was beaten and bruised on your behalf? that he spilt his blood, he was ridiculed, he was persecuted, he was beaten beyond recognition and then had to carry the cross and then nailed to the cross. And he didn't do that because he was a criminal or he did anything wrong. He did that because of his love for you and I. So how can I know for sure? First John five thirteen. these things have I written so that you can know for sure that you have eternal life. If you're here listening to this and you don't know for sure and for certain, why chance it when you when he wants you to know and have the confidence that your sins are forgiven that you are going to heaven and that you have a relationship with god what we must do is we must do a b and c we must admit that we're sinners we must believe that jesus 
is the son of God, that he is the Messiah, that he bore our sin on the cross, that he died and he was buried and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. We put our trust not in our performance, but in the performance of the perfect one, Jesus Christ. You put your trust in him. The way we do that is we believe, we put our faith there, and we count on what he did instead of counting on ourselves to get to heaven. And lastly, we make a confession, commitment, and we do that through prayer. And, and I would encourage you, would you pray this with me today? Would you pray it from your heart to God's heart? Would you just simply say, dear God, I'm a sinner. And I don't measure up. I fall short of your glory. And I, I've made the wrong choices. And I just want to say I'm sorry. And Lord, it breaks my heart to know that it was my sin that crucified you. That was my sin that put you through that beating. And it says in Isaiah 53 that by his stripes we are healed. And Lord, you also said that I am the way, the truth, and life. And no man comes to the Father except through me, my sacrifice, my blood. And so, Lord, I choose you as the path to the Father today. And I invite you because you are alive and you came out of the grave and that you have done what you said you would. I invite you to sit on the throne of my life. I make a commitment to live for you. And I ask that you would save me. I ask that you would remake me lord and and be my lord be my savior be my authority and help me to live the way that is pleasing to the father in jesus name i pray that prayer i just want to congratulate you mm. the greatest prayer you could ever pray and it changes everything mm. that prayer changes everything pete tell us what you want us to do yeah, so if you did uh, make that prayer that you committed your heart to the Lord and you surrendered to Him, I just I pray that you go on to our website at riotpodcast.co, C-O, and go to the No God section at the top, the menu bar there, click it, go down to the bottom, say, yes, I committed myself to the Lord, and and uh, fill that out, and we love to get in contact with you. We would love to hear from you and reach out to you and and uh, you know get you the, any material that you might need so you can do your next steps and also point you in the right direction as far as a Bible believe in church that's in your area if you already have one praise the lord we still love to just talk with you um bob thoughts yeah what a great show happy thanksgiving guys and uh, as always make sure you like and subscribe to our youtube channel to our facebook page comment again if you've got questions comment we're going to do more of these shows where we answer our our listeners questions and that's this has been a lot of fun guys i wanted to leave you with one last quote on thanksgiving this is from uh, someone you may have heard of billy graham a spirit of thankfulness is one of the most distinctive marks of a Christian whose heart is attuned to the Lord. Thank God in the midst of trials and in every persecution. Awesome. Enjoy your family. Have a great time, guys. Not just thankfulness on Thanksgiving, but thankfulness every single day. And, of it, life. and what did Barry say? It's Thanksgiving, not thanks thinking, right? That's it. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Here's the last thing I want to say. Gosh. <laughs> Be blessed. Love you. Bye bye. This has been the Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the Riot Podcast.